0: Welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. This is Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today I'm speaking with Milena Simonova. Milena is a licensed architect with a master's in lighting, and we talk a lot today about how our indoor lighting environment can affect our brain health. Milena integrates far-out disciplines such as psychology, neural and cognitive responses, quantum physics, and propagation waves in consciousness. Her belief is that holistic or whole lighting will provide the optimal environmental conditions for people to flourish and reach their full potential. I learned a lot today about how to improve your indoor lighting environment, and I hope you do as well.
1: Welcome Milena. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Well, thank you very much, Christine. I'm excited to be here as well. Yeah, and I'm really excited to jump into this topic. It's a unique topic that we want to share with our audience today, and it's all about how, um, you know, how light can heal us, and also how we um, can use light in our internal environment to create more. Uh, natural rhythms within the body and how that can lead to health and healing so I'm really excited to learn from you today. Um, this is a big topic and I'm in no way an expert so I'm I'm in, I'm gonna enjoy learning from you as well today so
2: fantastic. So you are ready for a, a nice nice discussion interesting.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Milena, tell me, how did you get started? I mean, this is obviously a unique um, profession and a unique uh, niche, right? To know as much as you do about uh, lighting and uh, the circadian rhythm and so forth. How did you get started and become passionate about this topic? Well,
2: I am an architect, so I was trained as an architect. uh, But when I touch lighting, Um, uh, it became clear to me that I have to defect uh, from architecture and um, educate myself, um, not myself, but to be more educated and trained, if you will, in the sciences of lighting. And this is when I applied to become a full-time student in midlife career change at the Lighting Research Center, uh, where it for first time in my life, I was exposed not only to the design of lighting, but also lighting and human health. And I discovered, to my astonishment, that uh, uh, that that is a passion of mine, and uh, I started devouring um, any papers and any research uh, there was on light and the human body or the human mind or the uh, nervous system or the cognitive system and and so forth and so forth. The circadian system, of course, the visual and uh, little by little, uh, just because it's a passion, because you do something that even if you are not paid for, you are happy to do it. I started to see uh, deeper and deeper in lighting. And I hope that today we are actually going to reach to these uh, deeper dimensions of lighting uh, because there are a lot of things that are on the visual and physical dimension about lighting and and the health of the body. But there are uh, as well a lot of intangible or hidden from the eye dimensions of lighting that are uh, directly communicating with resonance uh, with the human body, directly uh, influencing the peacefulness of mind, our consciousness. And 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 uh, you will discover that this is an interesting uh, journey. So it was an interesting journey, uh, starting with a passion for lighting and human health, uh, developing through a lot of research studies, uh, practicing, of course, lighting design, um, and at uh, the end, it became a, a spiritual, if you will, path or a path of developing um, consciousness. So I, I think I'm very happy. and very lucky for finding for
1: finding lighting. Yes, mm-hmm, absolutely. And it's um, amazing the depth of knowledge you've acquired. You know, through this journey, it sounds, um, Milena. So many people have started to catch on that we might not be exposed to the best lighting in our um, home environment, our office environment, our work environments. Um, so can you just break that down from your perspective? What should we be concerned about in an um, environment that does not take any of this into account? Um, what type of lighting should we start being cautious of?
2: Okay, well, uh, I will start with the big picture. And I will say that uh, lately, uh, in particular, lately, we have been uh, reading about opioid crisis. uh, But I can say that uh, we have um, infused our spaces with unnecessary uh, or too many lights. And we have an overdose uh, with lighting. And uh, when you think about how it is in nature that you have one sun, one source of light, and everything uh, uh, follows this order, like a domino effect. You have the sun in a certain position in the sky, then all the shadows follow in a certain way. Everything is very orderly and very clear when you look at uh, natural scenery. Uh, But when we enter our spaces, uh, we have shredded the sun, and we have many, many um, points of light. And we will talk later about the hidden effects of this and the turbulence that it creates in the space. But the basic point is uh, that I want to make. We have an overdose with lighting and keep our nervous system in constant excitation. Uh, and the are for this. There are ganglion cells that reside on the retina of the eye. And each time they detect a luminous edge or the edge of a fixture, of a bright fixture against an adjacent uh, dimmer surface, it detects or decodes it as a luminous edge which sends electrical signal to the brain. So we have a constant continuous excitation when we're in such spaces. But also, but also, let's talk in um, um, focus On smaller areas of why why the lighting is not so good and not so healthy, particularly today uh, with the infusion of LEDs. Let's talk to LEDs about the blue light hazard. And as you mentioned, Christine, uh, many of our listeners know what blue light and how hazardous it is. It is um, uh, in lighting. It's at about uh, wavelength frequency that is below the 450 nanometers. Uh, of a very high vibrational excitation and a very small mass of uh, the blue photon, uh, which by the E equals MC square, Einstein's equation, means that you have a huge amount of energy that is being released on the retina of the eye uh, when these photons uh, enter the eye and hit the retina. Therefore, we have uh, photooxidation, photodegradation, irreversible photodegradation of the retina that who knows might be leading uh, to macular degeneration. Now the the, uh, bad news is that younger generation like the millennials, they um, absorb two times uh, more, more and more of the blue wavelength that it's uh, potentially um, damaging their retina. Why is that? Because older population, you know, we we have the cataract. We have to go to surgery because our lens, eye lens, has thickened and has yellowed. And uh, but this is actually protecting us. I'm talking about the baby boomers. Uh, it's protecting us because it's scattering and not allowing all the blue photons to reach our retina. But this is not so for millennials. So the combination of young millennials with LED lights as toys in their surroundings, it's a bad combination. So that's one thing. Uh, Then you have as well, and uh, many times it's a stroboscopic effect hidden from the eye. Uh, However, our brains can detect it and it continuously, acts and excites the brain, which is not a good thing. Um, and so, uh, they are flickers and sometimes, and we, these are good when they are a hundred percent, um, um, output, light output, full intensity. Uh, but if you start dimming them, they can hit the flicker zone, uh, so-called flicker zone and uh, start this flicker of stroboscopic effect uh, that it's uh, unhealthy. So uh, there are many other features about LEDs that are not good, uh, like uh, photons density. Let's talk a little bit about horticulture, okay? For many, many many years, uh, scientists were aware and uh, they were monitoring how the density of photons that are hitting or falling on the leaves of plants. And they knew that if you have a high photonic density, the plants will die. They will be killed. Uh, but guess what? No one talks about people as plants. And we do have quite a bit of a surface, the skin, the, the leaf and our skin. And no one, there are no regulations yet about uh, photons density. And uh, I uh, sometimes when you enter, In some spaces, uh, you see these highly, very intense LED lights. I call them photonic bombs, And uh, they are not only bad for the eyes, that they are um, basically killing the retina uh, or photodegrading the retina, uh, but they are bad for our nervous system. So uh, also with uh, LEDs, because the nature of LEDs is that it works uh, with many microchips. So it's like a small ecosystem of many microchips. And uh, the optics are so collimated that each chip produces its own beam that is very focused. So uh, when you have spaces lighted with LEDs, like let's say you can see in a gym uh, of a school, for instance, and the kids are playing basketball and you can see the ball when it bounces from the floor. Instead of having one ball and one shadow of a ball, you have several shadows of, of the ball. And uh, the brain has to sift through this redundant information that it's not seen in nature to make sense of, of a cognitive nonsense, basically. So... Uh, Basically, we are living in uh, spaces with LEDs, with the shredded sun in many, many uh, lights, with the multiple shadows produced from a single object, thrown in all directions. Uh, We are basically living in the constant um, uh, sympathetic excitation of the nervous system, and that is not good. Uh, Yes, not good. Mm
1: -hmm. And many Uh, of our... Patients, you know, come to us, and their um, sympathetic nervous system is, you know, um, they're they're in a chronic sympathetic state, as you mentioned. So that fight or flight state and that mm-hmm. state of chronic st- stress that leads to um, chronic illness. And so, um, a lot of my listeners have heard of electromagnetic frequencies and fields and how those affect our health. But it's interesting; we're not only talking about you know that's a separate issue right than uh lighting and so when you put those together um you know this could be um you know part you know that it can potentiate um um the negative effects of both of them and so what I'm talking about is like Wi-fi and cell phones and you know all of that oh, right. so we have the EMf plus the um you know poor lighting and that's um you know a recipe for disaster for our nervous systems it sounds like
2: Yes, this is this is correct, and uh, don't forget that LEDs have a lot of electronics on board.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but also, uh, talking about smart lights now, if you go to a Home Depot and look at the shelves, about maybe seventy percent of the lights of the light bulbs of LED uh, lamps will have embedded some smart chip or a Bluetooth or something to be controlled remotely through your phone or through some uh, downloadable uh, Wi-Fi wireless app and so forth. And uh, yes, this can be um, a great issue, again, about this chronic excitation that uh, you refer to, the syntonic chronic excitation. Because let's face it, like uh, when you are writing a music, in order to hear a harmonious, uh, beautiful music, you have to have silence between the notes. Uh, Otherwise, if every note plays at the same time, uh, that's not going to be very harmonious and pleasing to be, it's becoming a noise. And the same thing is uh, with uh, with lighting, uh, that uh, we have to be uh, surrounded by lighting, like in nature, that nurtures us and allows us to restore. And for restoring, you need a, a peacefulness, a peaceful moment and when, when the parasympathetic system of uh, pose and restoration kicks in, so to speak, and balances the sympathetic excitation. So this is very important, but you are correct. The new lighting LED, which is the smart digital lighting, it's becoming wireless, and this is a big concern of mine uh, because even doctors are not prepared for uh, hidden, uh, for root cause that is hidden to the eye, and these and these are the wireless uh, frequencies and uh, vibrations, the different channels that the different devices are communicating. And um, basically, we talk about uh, there is a lot of resistance uh, in talks against the fracking of uh, the ground and soil for gas. But we are basically fracking the air with wireless uh, waves. And because they are hidden from the eye, they don't smell, you don't hear them, you don't see them. Uh, of course uh we are completely unprepared for this but nevertheless nevertheless there is a lot of research already
1: mm-hmm.
2: about about wireless uh frequency rf em rf and radio frequencies and how this excitation can uh, bring um, all sorts of uh damage to, to the body and to the nervous system, uh, chronic uh, neural diseases and, and so forth. So that's not looking good. And yeah, that's why I I, I thought saving it for the end, but I will say it now and then repeat it um, again, that simple is better. Keeping it simple, it's better. Uh, no dimming, yes, no dimming, no smart lighting and Wi-Fi Bluetooth embedded Chips in uh, LED uh, lamps or fixtures would be probably a better choice, uh, a better choice for a healthier patient mm-hmm. or for a healthier person. We don't have to be patients. We we don't have to wait to to fail in our health to start taking care. We can do preventative and be cautious so we don't slide into an unhealthy uh, status from being healthy.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Prevention is absolutely important as well. And, um, you know, I definitely want to uh, jump into, you know, what does healthy lighting look like and how um, you work and how you assess a space. But before we go on to that, I just want to recap you know, for our audiences. So, you know, we have the LED lights that have become more popular and more energy efficient. However, they come at a big cost to, to our nervous system. And we can talk about, you know, alternatives um, to that. And then, um, you know, the, the excessive blue light from our electronic devices. And then can you talk a little bit about fluorescent lights and how fluorescent lighting can be problematic um, for people as well?
2: Yes, well, I can uh, talk about uh, fluorescent lighting and remind myself the old times where actually um, I I was the culprit perhaps for opening the market to biodynamic uh, lighting or lighting that it's really exciting the nervous system and it's not a peaceful lighting. It's a barrier uh, to our consciousness and peacefulness of, of our minds. So in those times I was saying about uh, fluorescent lighting uh, that it's uh, like a decapitated system uh, because it's uh, static all the time when we know that the human body it's as a living system uh, changes continuously uh, throughout the 24hour cycle that they are no, the are no, uh, cycle of uh, night and day, day and night, Change in uh, hormonal production, uh, endocrinal, uh, the cortisol stress hormone. Um, let's say it's in the morning, uh, it's boosted, or uh, body temperature and alertness versus melatonin in the evening, and so forth. So all these these processes, if you will, are happening in the human body while the fluorescent lighting was just keeping everything uh, was very static. And I back then, I was a culprit in thinking that, oh, we need lighting that is going to overlay our circadian system, etc., etc. Since then, uh, as I developed more consciousness and more appreciation for peacefulness of mind and how healing is happening from inside out, finding your internal light of consciousness and connectedness to the infinity which is much uh, which cannot be defined or contained in our physical uh, reality i discovered that uh, actually the most important feature of lighting is peacefulness but back to fluorescent lighting first of all it doesn't have a full spectrum and this is something that I also want to talk a little bit uh, for the spectrum of uh, LEDs. Uh, they have they are triphosphors, So they will have three spikes in a different wavelength frequencies, vibration. So imagine three spikes and nothing in between, or just we call those spectral gaps. And uh, so the body under fluorescent light, it's starving for uh, missing wavelength frequencies because we have uh, biophilia uh, not as much biophilia as biomimicry talk about uh, evolving of living organisms for 250,000 years under natural light conditions and natural light conditions are completely different from fluorescent or LEDs. They are full spectrum. And, and so... Um, that's one that fluorescent lights uh, starve our body for the missing wavelength frequencies. Uh, number two, they have flicker. sometimes it's uh, hidden from the eye, but certain age uh, ages are more sensitive uh, to the flicker. And also many times we were using a bad color rendering index or bad CRI, and actually in most of the living facilities for Unfortunately, adult people who have restricted peripheral uh, field of their retinas and uh, have a tendency because their mobility is decreased and so forth, staying indoors, being exposed to nonstop TV, uh, to be more uh, depression prone. And so when you are in a facility that is lighted with uh, fluorescent lights, that it's a very that light very flat light and uh, and that uh, has a uh, low color rendering index let's say uh, below 80 CRI like 70 CRI uh, this is the worst environment the worst physical environment for people because you will you will depress and and perhaps uh, many of uh, of the folks who are listening, Know what I'm referring to when they go to a hospital. You can really depress in uh, under bad fluorescent lighting. But to say that, but at least the fluorescent lighting was slower to damage our health, and uh, then LEDs. LEDs it's a very aggressive soar, uh, source, uh, fast moving, in, intense photons. Uh, jet propulsion of package, uh, because the LEDs is basically a digital lighting that it's uh, 0101 zero, zero, one, like a computer on and off, on and off. So it sends these packages of photons and uh, the spectrum of LEDs. People are unaware that uh, white LEDs are nothing else but a blue LED In the bad wavelength frequency, the one that we talked, that it's a blue light hazard uh, in in the 450 nanometers, blue LEDs with um, warm phosphors. And so um, when you look at the cool LED, I have done many, many um, testing, testing of different... LEDs of different Kelvin temperature. Now we are coming into the Kelvin temperature, but listeners uh, are, it's good for them to know CRI is important or the color rendering index, which is usually on the packages and the wrap, wrapping of any lamps and lights. They have to look for something that is high CRI, but also the other um, information that is important for folks who care about their health. It's Kelvin, Kelvin temperature. Is it a warm or is it a cool light? Why is that? Many folks, including uh, you can buy things that um, uh, purport or or advertise as they will heal your sad seasonal affective disorder. And they come very, very bluish, very cool, white LED light. And this is completely completely unhealthy because it's the blue light hazard right there. And so while you are thinking that you are healing your seasonal affective disorder, you are getting high excitation of your nervous system because of the high vibrational energy of the blue LED. And uh, you are getting also your retina being photodegraded and photooxidated. So um, LEDs... Have this blue light hazard with the warm phosphors, and when I took these hundreds of pictures uh, with the spectrometer, changing the Kelvin temperature from warm LED to cool LED, so some some somewhere from 1600 Kelvin, which is orange amber, which by the way is a recommended uh, recommendable light for night light, if you want to. If you wake up at night and want to go to the uh, bathroom, you don't want to suppress your melatonin. So when you come back in bed, you can continue sleeping. So amber is a very recommendable um, light color for uh, during the night. It's a very calm, low, lazy, I call them lazy, uh, wavelength uh, vibrations, frequencies, vibrations. Um, So... um, when I took the with the spectrometer these pictures, the warm LEDs uh, had uh, predominantly in the warm wavelength frequencies um, uh, energy, but were releasing a very small energy into the hazardous blue LED, blue wavelength frequency, which is good. And so i as I kept taking pictures with the spectrometer, of cooler and cooler LEDs, I discovered that anything that is above the 3500 Kelvin, notice not 4000 Kelvin, not 5000 Kelvin, anything that is above the 3500 Kelvin shifts dramatically, or at least significantly, the proportion of the blue to the warm wavelength frequencies, and the blue light becomes predominant spike. So, we spoke already about the hazard, but also when you have a a lamp that has one predominant spike of the blue high vibrational frequency with warm tail, so to speak, of uh, warm phosphorus frequency, you create also a very turbulent, we will talk about this, the turbulence. So, I will come back to this. So, basically, this is another advice. Uh, added to the CRI, to the color rendering index, when you buy LED light, look for high CRI, 80 plus CRI, and also look for something that is up to 3500 Kelvin, uh, which is going to um, help you stay surrounded by healthy lighting. But uh, I, I want to just quickly, if I, I may, talk about the spectrum of LEDs. Mm. Uh, and, and the spectral front uh, compared to the natural one. And, and when I talk about front, people, we, we have to understand that lighting propagates like the sound propagates, uh, the sound propagates with acoustical wavelengths, right? And light propagates with light waves, which are completely invisible uh, to the eye. Nevertheless, they penetrate the body. Uh, they enter in resonance or communication, if you will, um, with uh, ourselves and with our minds. And so it's uh, very important to understand how lighting waves are propagating and uh, how are they leading. Is, is it a calm wave or is it a turbulent wave? And here is where the spectrometer did help me to realize that many of the LEDs are very turbulent, uh, lights. Uh, when you look at the spectrum, you can see, um, in, in natural light in nature, lighting has a full spectrum, which means all wavelength frequencies are present and they're all connected and form one unified front, spectral front. What does this mean? Let me give you an example. You are at, at the beach. Of a ocean, let's say, on a cove, and you are with, with your feet on the sand, firm on your sand, and then there is a very gentle wave from calm waters of the ocean comes and just touches your ankles. This is a gentle wave. Daylight has a gentle wave. LEDs, it's a turbulent wave. Imagine the same cove, and now you have winds, and now you also have a rock that stands on the way of the wave that is now much more robust because of the wind. And then the wave splits in two, so you have the blue wavelength frequency spike on one side of the rock uh, rock, and on the other side you have the warm phosphorus on the other side. And as they pass the rock and they uh, shoot at each other or just uh, collapse into each other, uh, they create this turbulence, the turbulence that is uh, behind uh, uh, the rock. So our spaces are very turbulent because LEDs don't have unified single front, and this is a very important um, term about healthy lighting, to have a unified single one front of light propagation and spectrum. And it's unfortunate uh, that uh, lighting manufacturers don't show this information. You cannot find this information anywhere unless you buy uh, something like a light passport from Canada. There is an application that you can turn your cell phone into a uh, spectrometer or you borrow from some, somewhere because this equipment is quite expensive and you start measuring what what is the, the front and the spectral front of the fixtures. And by the way, uh, to help ordinary people like myself, what do you do? I remember I went to Kenya to visit and uh, I enter in a space um, that the light was Awful, horrendous, very depressing, uh, very bad quality of light and unhealthy. And that was supposed to be the area where the little son, a three-year-old boy, uh, was playing. And I look at the father and I said, this is bad light. And he said, how come I just went and bought? This is a much three times more expensive LED light. I bought it from the market especially for my son. And, uh, and, I, and I realized that many times we, we don't know what we are doing. We, we believe uh, that, um, yes, yeah, that if it's someone else knows better than us. But in, in order for us to take control of our health, we have to know little practical tricks. For instance, you can go and shop for LED lights at Home Depot or any store, Uh, but you need to turn on the light, you need to turn on the light and turn the lamp, the LED lamp nearby, let's say an incandescent lamp. You can do this at home and then return if it's not a quality LED light. And what do you do? How do you test if the LED light is good? It's not just by looking into the light. No, you take a scarf or a blouse or a shirt that has many, many colors, that has Not that many colors, but represents cool colors like the greens and the blues and has warm colors like the yellows and the orange and the reds. And what you are looking for is that all colors are fresh, looking fresh. They are not colors that are being muted. This is going immediately to tell you, okay, this is pretty much a good light if all colors are looking fresh and um, uh, you will know that this is a full spectrum uh, lighting, and pretty much it's it's a good light, safe light to use.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is um really fascinating. And Milena, I I know maybe it's a little um late to go over this topic, but I I want to just take a step back, and I'm just thinking that maybe some of our um, audience might even be new or not as familiar with this visible spectrum of light and kind of with electromagnetic radiation, you know, how we have, you know, on one side, you know, we have the purples and the blues and on the far side, we have um, red and infrared. And, you know, what's happening, you know, in our environment is that we're just being exposed to these one single spectrums and not this full spectrum of visible light that we should be um, exposed to in health. Um, And so can you just Maybe touch on that concept as we move into, you know, how do we set ourselves up for healthy um, environments and what you look for in a space um, that is healthy.
2: Yes. Well, thank you, uh, because this is um, another subject of, of, of passion of mine, which is yes, which is uh, natural, natural lighting. Mm-hmm. And when you are in nature, um, as I research um, all studies on natural light, uh, throughout all backgrounds, age, cultural, whatever background is, gender, and so forth, everyone did like nature, including Alzheimer or patients with dementia, who mention in their like few books. Maybe ten or, or so of um, early stage uh, dementia uh, folks who wrote in their books that they're very very happy, feel happy in nature, looking at the sky, at the clouds, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So it became clear for me that uh, nature, if I am to help people with lighting, that it's uh, has some common denominator that people will like it. It's pleasurable, so it's easy to accept it, and then it's easy to understand. All of this helped me to focus on nature, and I found that uh, nature uh, light or natural lighting uh, has all the features of a healthy lighting, one of which is the full spectrum. So all these colors that you um, described, indeed, when we are in nature or outdoors, and we just had rain and then the rain suddenly stopped and then the sun comes and you look at the sky and you see this beautiful rainbow well the rainbow the seven colors of the rainbows that you see each color is this is because we have the little droplets that are still in the air they are acting as a prism and they are diffracting uh, the full spectrum of visible daylight Every color represents a different wavelength frequency. So uh, uh, everything is vibrational in our world, right? You you see your body as a solid thing, but everything is vibrating, and uh, and so these are vibrations. The the colors. So the colors are just how our eyes perceive or or interpret, if you will. Um, the sense of different wavelength frequencies, right? Like um, the membrane, the ear membrane, how it interprets the different vibrations, uh, sound vibrations into different pitches of sound, and the same thing is with the eye. So full spectrum is, uh, the model of this is nature light, and uh, not only because it has a full spectrum. So this is very important For us to be exposed to daylight on a daily basis. This is really important. Now, if you cannot walk outside, you can be by a window and sit by a window. Turn off the electrical light and just expose, stay, read, or just watch through the window. Or just receive um, during breakfast at any time of day. Uh, Especially in the morning is very... um, very helpful to be to get a big dosage of daylight. It will regulate the cells. And by the way, I want to speculate here. There is Erwin um, Schrödinger, who is a um, quantum physicist, and uh, also he ventured in biology and wrote back in 1947 a book, uh, What is Life? And he uh, says that the restoration of um, our body cells comes through extraction of order from our surroundings. So, would you rather be in, in surrounded by natural light to extract order from a very orderly and very peaceful and very nurturing lighting, or would you rather extract it uh, when you are uh, exposed to an overdose of intense LEDs? The answer is clear. So, um, it, is, it is important uh, to be under daylight. Then, what is the next best thing that we can do? Let's say we have to work. We are in an office. We have uh, fluorescent lights or we have LED lights or we are at home and we are at night. There is no daylight, but we are working on something and we still want to be healthy. We want to have healthy lighting. What do we do? Well, here is where I use the term, we will create our own artificial atmosphere. Uh, Because uh, sunlight, per se, if you are near sunlight, it's not that healthy. What makes it healthy uh, for us and acceptable for our health Um, It's the atmosphere, the 20 plus kilometers of atmosphere, because the atmosphere has many, many particles. And as um, the sun rays or sunlight tries to get through the atmosphere to reach Earth and people and all living things and all inanimate things, we are all together into one. Uh, as it tries, it uh, bounces and scatters and diffuses and mixes from all these particles in uh, the atmosphere. And by the time, so there is no intensity, the intensity we have from LED lights, this propulsion that is also uh, part of sunlight, It's propels quanta of energy. But by the time it's mixed scattered, and finally filters through the atmosphere to reach us people is a very gentle mist, a sprinkle, like a sprinkle of photons uh, rather than this uh, jet propulsion. So this is basically our salvation uh, in spaces that are lighted with LEDs to always remember, create an artificial atmosphere. And uh, you will ask, well, how do you do that? Uh, it's very yeah, it's very simple. Yeah, it's very simple uh, because uh, all you have to do is turn lights towards a surface, okay? Turn lights o- towards the surface, maybe a ceiling or it may be a wall. Of course the surface shouldn't be painted in black or be completely filled with stuff. Uh, because the last thing we will talk a little bit, we haven't spoken yet about visual clutter and decluttering what we see in our visual field and simplicity and peacefulness, how they, they are important for our uh, healing. But uh, artificial, back to artificial atmosphere, you turn the LED fixtures not towards people, not as a direct down light that shoots its photons directly to people you turn light fixtures and you use wall washers apply the ceiling and uh, why is that because the surface the uh, surface will have imperfections and uh, these imperfections are some protruding particles or something of the finish of the surface and this will act to scatter mix and slow down if you will uh, make more gentler uh, the light that it's then than the light coming directly from the led uh, lamp or fixture and so this is this is uh, uh, important approach uh, to do and uh, i want to talk a little bit about uh, peacefulness simplicity and start probably from visual clutter visual clutter or if you remember we we were talking talking about overdosing with lighting. Visual clutter is when you come in a space and you see the shreds of sun uh, dispersed everywhere and then sometimes you have downlights and then you have uh, wall sconces on the columns and then that's not enough. Now I have spotlights to highlight this or that uh, information or some boards uh, with some... Pin, pin ports with uh, information and so forth. And this is, this is visual clutter, which directly um, goes into, uh, it's transformed into um, neural, neural uh, excite- excitation. Okay. And the same thing as we, the, the reason, let, let me just back off a little bit and talk about the artificial atmosphere is not just that we have gentler light that comes to us, so we are more protected from LED photons, but it's also about shadows. Because in nature, uh, you have this sky dome, and uh, we have uh, a very well determined, very simple, and uh, orderly one to one relationship between light and shadow. And so you know I have one tree and I will see one shadow from the trunk, the trunk of the tree. I have one stem of light and I have one shadow of this grass. And so um, this is this is very important uh, because keeps our brain uh, allows our brain to rest. Now in our interiors when you have the several fixtures and the overdose with LED lights, uh, you have many, many shadows. And I think we spoke about this, but this is also creating a visual clutter. So the visual clutter is not just objects, but it's, uh, it's not, the visual clutter is not just objects uh, necessarily. And I know that there are experts who are working in this fin- de- the field, decluttering basically uh, and having a simpler lifestyle. But here we are talking about simplicity in lighting, uh, removing unnecessary, redundant shadows that uh, put our analytical brain in constant interpretation, sifting through and discarding information. Oh, this applies. Oh, this doesn't apply. I can disregard it and so forth, because we we want to be able to let the right brain, uh, which is the one of. Uh, fun, enjoy, enjoyment of life, uh, to to start function again. Right now, it has been suppressed by all the analytics that are happening in the in the left brain.
1: You've gone um, over a lot of really. Um you know, given us a lot of interesting information today. And I, I guess where I want to um, start wrapping up our conversation is how can we continue to make this practical for, you know, our audience today. So you talked about, you know, how to turn the lights and then, um, you know, obviously we want to avoid LED unless they're, you know, you gave us some criteria that you could uh, review for us just to make sure if we have to have LED, what are the safer forms of LED, but what is the safest light bulb to have in the home? Um, And then you mentioned also if we wanted to create... Of a nighttime environment, there are, um, I believe, more like red amber, you know, lighting um, can be good for your bedroom. But just maybe some, um, you know, more practical tips if someone, um, you know, wants to improve their lighting in their home, how can they get started? Especially um, when we think about improving our melatonin protection at night and sleep. A lot of my patients have a lot of insomnia and. Um, a lot of sleep issues. And so, um, yeah, I would love your, um, your thoughts on that.
2: Okay. Fantastic. Um, yes, I will provide uh, the bullet points of what can be done. And these are simple steps. Uh, we don't need any special education or training, uh, to do them, uh, and to stay healthy with lighting. But I also wanted to, um, make a point here that the most important healing actually happens within uh, within oneself and uh, yes and this means that um, and it starts in the mind. If the mind is peaceful, if the mind is peaceful if if the mind has forgiven oneself, um, so it's a forgiveness, it, it has forgiven the things that we felt ashamed for, the things that we felt guilty about. Uh, we forgive any, anything in our life, any person and any circumstance that triggers some unpleasant feelings or emotions and, and anything that we uh, tend to judge so, this peacefulness of mind, and I believe that with uh, these final bullet points that I will provide you for lighting, uh, this is going to help us through the tangible means of lighting and what we see. If we see something that is really peaceful and simple to understand, to feel protected, to feel safe, to feel loved. Uh, this will help us as well for our mind to start resonating on these wavelength frequencies of peacefulness, simplicity in my life. And why is that again? Uh, Because I, I am so persistent and tenacious in pursuing the secret of light or lighting. And I think that now, I'm discovering that there is a continuum, an uninterrupted continuum between our physical surrounding, our physical lighting, what we see, and how we feel. How we feel. How, and most of this, when we are peaceful, we are opening a portal to internal light that has been always there, but it has been masked, uh, blocked, and obstructed. Uh, with with all the excitation and all the distractions and all the overdose and overdoing of lighting. And uh, once we calm our lighting, the lighting in our physical surroundings, one hours, once our surroundings become peaceful, my belief is because of this continuum that we will calm our minds, we will find peacefulness within us And with this, the internal light will come to shine, which is ultimately, this is the best healing. This is healing from the root, from the source, right? Healing from the source. Okay, so with this said, what can we do to contribute and to um, cultivate these peaceful minds that are going to heal us? First, I, I mentioned... Use or be go and be in nature as much as you can. It has to become a habit to be in nature. Would it be a walk in the morning in a green part of the city? Or would it be that you will take yourself or the family outside in nature? That That's a given. And there are many, many books, Richard. Love, uh, L-O-U-V, is one of those who talks about the N or nature deficit disorder. So there are many, yeah, many researchers and many authors there on this subject. So I'm not going to dwell on this one. So first is nature. And then when you come indoors, try to, to follow nature. Try to be in love with nature. And how nature is going to light my space, my living room, my bedroom, my work study space. This is always on your mind. So observe nature, be in love with nature, receive all the nurturing and the healing that it's free, freely given to you from nature, and then come back and with LED light or with incandescent light, whatever it is, do nature lighting. How do you do it? Number one, if you use LEDs, because these are the these are the sources, the lights that can damage your health if you don't use them properly or with uh, attention to your health. Number one, as I said, don't use direct LEDs. Uh, aim and turn lights towards a surface. Would it be a wall surface? Would it be a Ceiling surface, so you can diffuse and soften the effect of lighting photons coming from intense LED lights. That's number one. Number two, we spoke already about the CRI, the color rendering index, that you want to have lights that are high CRI, like uh, 80 plus, 90 for LED is actually the best. Lamps, LED lamps, or fixtures that are 90, CRI 90 color rendering index is the best. Then we spoke about at night. Let's talk about night. If you have a space and let's say you consider the height of the space, maybe it's 10 feet, maybe it's 12, maybe it's 15, I don't know. Whatever is the height of your space, if you take the space and at about five to six feet, you make a horizontal cut through the space, and you split it in two halves. You have the upper volume and the lower volume. Your lower volume is your night light, and we will talk what this means. The upper volume is going to be your uh, circadian lighting for during the day when you want to be alert and to perform at work and so forth. So what does this mean exactly? During the day, you want the upper surfaces, the upper surfaces of the wall, of walls, the ceiling to be lighted and big splashes of light, big splashes of light, especially if you live in uh, during the winter season and you don't have or gloomy, rainy weather. Uh, you need to have a lot of light, particularly in the morning. The mornings are very important before going to work or before starting your day to get exposure to big, diffuse light. And again, don't go above the 3500 Kelvin temperature for LEDs so you are safe from the blue hazardous wavelength frequency of vibrations. Now, what do you do for during the evening? You take the bottom volume of your space and now you start thinking like a caveman or cavewoman. Sorry to say, but this is at night. You have to suit your body for sleep. You have to produce and not to interfere, actually, with the production of melatonin or the sleep hormone. So you have to keep it very calm, which means you are going to have, like in a cave, you have a, a, a fire and then a little reflections here and there catching off the fire. So this is what you are going to do. Uh, You are going to have night lights, table lights, things like that, that keep the light in small contained pools at lower level than the horizon and have dim areas in between. So allow for a lot of dim and shadow um, shadows between uh, the lights. The lights should be very soft, very warm possibly 2,700 Kelvin, and the best is to be hidden from view, definitely hidden from view, and they can be uh, behind shades, uh, behind some milky, frosted shielding, and so forth. But have these very small pools of light, a very warm light, at a low level, below the sight level or horizon, and this is going to be your nightlight before you go to sleep to bed. And as we mentioned, for night lights from bed, um, yes, red will work. But red has psychologically uh, connotation of danger, blood, stop signs, and so forth. So, amber would be the best light uh, to be used, uh, the peach, uh, peach, amber, uh, orange, warm color. And, um, yeah, and... I think um, that's about it, Uh, but I wanted to also caution that when you decide to light a space, keep in mind that light travels through space and will all the adjacent surfaces, let's say if you decide to light one surface, all the adjacent surfaces, including the ceiling, Uh, And this surface is a wall, a vertical wall. The adjacent ceiling and the floor and other surfaces in the space will reflect this light. You will be able to see them. And it's very important to keep order in, like in nature or in any of the Vermeer, the Dutch um, uh, painter master paintings, Mm -hmm. Vermeer. Because in nature, we have to preserve the spirit of natural light in our indoors, which is hierarchy, directionality, order, attenuation, and gradation. Which means, in Vermeer painting, for instance, people are near the window, that are near the window, and the window is the source of light. In this case, it could be your surface or wall that you have decided, I'm going to light this one surface in my space this one surface or wall is going to become my sun then please allow this light to travel peacefully and do its work what is near this surface that is illuminated will have more light like in vermeer painting the people who are near the window have more light on their face and as light travels further away from its source it will attenuate gradually which is psychologically very comfortable because remember we were talking about syntonic excitation sympathetic excitation not sympathetic which is close to the illuminated surface there is a lot of excitation there are a lot of photons that are being rebounced from from the surface versus attenuated, gradually attenuated light further away from this surface. And, and guess what? The painters like Vermeer, they knew, and, and their purpose was, they were like natural philosophers. Their purpose was, I want to do it exactly as nature does lighting. So they didn't, when, when uh, the back of people uh, uh, opposite to the window is in darkness. They didn't say, "Oh, I'm going to put the light here so I can see their back and the rope when the ripples and so forth." No, they just let let it go, let it be a domino effect for the light to attenuate. So this is going to be very important for you. It's a shift in your in in thinking. It's a new thought system where simple is better and i'm going to choose one surface in my space and i will allow and will allow lighting to travel its natural course and to attenuate and you will find after a minute or so with eye adaptation use it or lose it we are losing our eye adaptation power because we are bleaching our readiness in over lighted spaces you will finding a space where you have one clear designated wall as my sun and everything else unfolds from there, the story of light unfolds from there, you will find how peaceful this space is.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. And so so that's the, the best I can uh, explain. And, and finally, the mantras for lighting, indoor lighting, artificial lighting are... Simple is better and less is more, and this is, this is what you have to remember, and again, I am not the inspiration for you, I am just trying to bring pointers. The true inspiration, the true source for your health, true lighting, physical lighting in your spaces, is nature. Nature is your guide. So learn, yeah, learn to love nature, Love, to, learn to observe nature and apply in your homes. Does it feel as nature? That's the only question that you have to ask.
1: That's beautiful. No, I, I really appreciate all the information you've shared today. and you know, again, this is a, a new topic, I think for a lot of, um, our listeners and you gave us a lot of, um, you know, not only practical, but really, um, deep, uh, depth of level of information, which I really, really appreciate. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about all my <laughs> environments that I um, spend time in and, um, but no, I think space is, um, you know, has the potential to be so healing for us and, I, I think, um, you know, when we think of our health, we absolutely have to think of our environment and our space, and that should uh, feel beautiful and feel natural, and that is, you know, ultimately what our...
2: Yeah, and feel and feel more peaceful, less excitation. Many, many times you are better off to turn off the lights in an office and open the blinds of, of uh, the window rather than uh, having window streaming with daylight and having the electrical lights on right so just keep it simple keep it simple and peaceful and humble is better keep in mind that daylight and everything that is truthfully of essence to our health it's something that it's humble It's not something that calls for our attention because it keeps us at peace and this is important you need light that is And uh, receding in the background, that is unifying uh, lighting and loving, ultimately loving lighting. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, thank you so much, Melina. And where can people find more um, about you and your work, and um, you know all this information? Where where can people find you?
2: Well, all this information is not going to be yet on my website, but I will be happy to hear from. uh, folks, if they are interested uh, in lighting, if they want uh, to follow up with questions, so uh, you are, they are welcome to look at my website, which is light heal, l i t e h e a l dot u s. Actually, that's my email. Okay. Well, so it's just light Hill Dot com. This is the, the website. So they are uh, welcome to look at this website and uh, connect with me. Um, my email, of course, is lighthill.us at gmail.com. And I am uh, in the process of uh, finishing uh, my manuscript for a book. And I hope that it will be published um, in the next. Uh, it's going to be published this year.
1: Great, great. Well, thank you so much for spending the time to educate us all on the healing power of light. And, you know, I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much.
2: Yes. Thank you, Christine. I'm uh, happy to help with light.
0: Thank you for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. If you want to learn more about Milena and her work, her website is l-i-t-e-h-e-a-l.com. That's lightheal.com. And if you've been enjoying this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. I really appreciate any reviews that you leave on iTunes. And if you have any feedback or guest suggestions, please email us at info at And I also wanted to let you know that we have a new website, sophiaeducation.org and we have some free videos that we've done with um, different um, speakers such as Marco Ruggiero and Dr. Klinghart and myself, and we're gonna continue to put uh, more and more free education on that site. So thank you for supporting our work and we look forward to hearing from you.